It's the Pistons Pod, presented by Uptime Energy Drink. Now here's your host, Matt Derry. Another week, everybody, the Pistons Pod right here at Pistons.com and wherever you get your podcast. It is indeed Matt Derry. Thank you for listening and joining us. Pistons playing some better basketball as of late. They've won three out of five. And the homestand will continue Friday night with Golden State and Sunday night with the Lakers. So it should be a lot of fun to see some of those star-studded teams coming to town. Our guest today has covered the Pistons for the last handful of years from the Detroit News. The hashtag start writing is his, uh, that's that's how he's infamous. It's our buddy Rod Beard who joins us today on the show. Hey, Rod. Hey, Dees. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Start writing. Uh, that That's a classic now on social media. Uh, did you make t-shirts? Uh, where, where is that at right now? Yeah, t-shirts, sweatshirts. I just kind of make them for people who ask for them now. And, <laughs> um, and it, it's there are a few. I mean, there, there have been pictures. People have sent me pictures of somebody at their gym or somebody walking around with a start writing sweatshirt on. And it's just the funniest thing that something that was just nothing that two or three people knew about turned into something that people care about. And it's it's cool. I like it. I like it. So if a game gets out of hand, whether the Pistons are winning or losing, the hashtag start writing might mean, hey, it's time for you to start doing, get your story in before the deadline, right? Yeah, that, that's how it started way back when I was covering Michigan basketball. You know, in those non-conference games, there are a lot of lopsided games. And somewhere early in the second half, you know, hey, let me write this and, and stay off Twitter for a little bit. And so it was something just to let people know, hey, leave me alone a little bit so I can get the story done and then we can chat after. Pistons coming off a win on Wednesday night over the Pacers, 97-89 at Little Caesars Arena. Rod, it was an interesting game. You love seeing Cade Cunningham making plays down the stretch, Jeremy Grant knocking down shots. But if I tell you walking into the gym on Wednesday night, the team's going to shoot 28% from three and yet win, what, what would you have said? I'd say it's just impossible because we've seen so many games this year and last year where they just didn't shoot well and they didn't do the other things right. And the other team doesn't uh, kind of help you out with a ton of turnovers and just bad plays uh, to help you get that win. Uh, but the Pistons gutted it out, and that's what they're going to have to do more of to figure out how to learn how to win, to add some more uh, depth and to add some more experience for this group so that they can eventually be a winning group. Rod Beard with me from the Detroit News, covers the Pistons here on Pistons.com. It is the Pistons pod for this week. Uh, Corey Joseph, I, you know, I, we could start with Cade. We could talk about so many different things, and we will, but Corey Joseph has been the story the last week. Uh, he's really playing well, and what do you think has been the key to that? I think it's just his consistency, and and we talk so much about the young guys, uh, but it's also the vets that come through. When you look at Corey Joseph, it's um, kind of just that steadying hand, and he's going to be out physical. He's not as fast, not as quick, uh, but he's a vet, and, and, and he will have his matchups where he does very, very well. Uh, and last night was one of those where he can score. He had a few assists, and he was just a steadying hand for that. And he played down the stretch at the end of the fourth quarter where you would usually see Killian Hayes, if for no other reason, for his defense. But they stuck with Corey Joseph because he just ha- kind of knows how to navigate his way through those scenarios. How difficult is that balance for Dwayne Casey, who's done a fine job and, you know, there's nobody out there that doesn't like Dwayne as a person? That's got to be tough because you want to play the young guys. You want to see what you have. You're building something here, restoring, as as Troy Weaver likes to say. Yet in a game like last night, I you got to play the vet and ride it out with him if you want to win, right? 
Yeah, and I think that's the balance that he's dealing with on a night-to-night basis is that uh, sometimes Killian is going to have it, but there aren't going to be too many winnable games that are right there for you in the fourth quarter when it's winning time. And when you see one that's right there, you got to do whatever you got to do to get that. Yeah, you want Killian or you want Cade or you want any of your young guys to be there and and go through that and win the game for you, but you also want to make sure you don't get too many losses where those things pile up and, and guys don't see the success. Guys don't understand what it takes to get there and to win a few games. And and you look at what Houston's doing. How is that helping Jalen Green um, to go through loss after loss after loss after loss? They're in a different scenario, but for what they're trying to build and to to rebuild and restore, as as Troy Weaver calls it, you've got to have some wins at least every once in a while so guys come in the gym the next day to practice and feel good about themselves. You mentioned Houston. What was that like uh, last week when it was Cade and and Jalen Green? What was that environment like? Yeah, it, it was a, a smaller crowd than I expected, but there was a lot of back and forth, and, and it just revealed everything that we knew, and we, it magnified everything that we knew about each of those guys, that, that Jalen Green uh, gets a dunk and, and Cade's in the vicinity, but he yells at him and gets a tech, and, and well, you know what, your, your dunk counts for one point now because you got a tech and you gave up a free throw on the other end. Um, but I think it just shows the different maturity levels between the two guys. Uh, that Cade just handled all of that with um, a different type of maturity, and it showed the guy he is and the player that he is, uh, that he doesn't have to be the 20, 25-point game guy and then come out and point to himself. They got the win. That was just as important. And Jalen Green, just uh, he's going to be himself. That's just that. You watched uh, those two play, and it was fun last week. We talked to Dave Pash from ESPN about it. Maybe Cade doesn't have the athleticism, the Jalen Green, like you said, the the dunks and everything else. But boy, even like even on Wednesday, watching Cade against the Pacers, just how he kind of gets in there, he knifes in there, he's the body control, how under control he is. There's a maturity uh, rod with with how he handles his body that maybe the other other young guys and the rookies in this league don't have right now. Do you agree? Right, yeah, I think they're both bucket getters. They go out and get a basket when you need them to. But even with Cade last night, I mean, it, it's it's seven or eight rebounds. It's six or seven assists. It's making the right plays. And he's still not there where he's in his, his, his form and in his routine. But you can see that it's starting to turn around. This doesn't look like two weeks ago when he was just getting his conditioning back and just starting to find his, his eye on his shot. Now you're starting to see that he's making the plays, the, the little runner in the lane, uh, the fadeaway, and then he, he finished over Miles Turner. I mean, those are plays that the veterans make because they understand how to, as you said, contort their bodies and, and get in the space that they need to put a shoulder into a guy to create space. Those are the things that you look at and say, hey, this this kid is more than just um, – this mercurial kid who's going to be a good player. He's going to be a star in this league once he puts it all together. And that could happen this year. It might take a couple more years, but you can see the elements of that that are there. Rod Beard with me from the Detroit News here on the Pistons Pod, brought to you by Uptime Energy Drink for another week here, talking Pistons basketball. You mentioned Cade. It's It's got to be difficult because every rookie is under a microscope. It was a pretty big class. It was a high-level class and a visible class. And, you know, having Mobley's playing so well now before the injury with Cleveland. You mentioned Jalen Green, Franz Wagner as well that we know from here at Michigan. But like you said, the patience level for fans with social media and everything else, it's difficult. It's not there. And it's like these are still young kids. You know, Cade misses all of training camp and uh, and, and the preseason. So that's – 
<laughs> How tough is that for you, Rod, to have to talk to the fans and answer them on social media about patience with some of these young guys who are, again, it's going to take some time. Yeah, I, I don't know what people are looking for. They want this kind of Kool-Aid um, development where you just add water and sugar and, and, and everything's fine. It's going to be that uh, for some rookies, for your your LeBrons and your Shaqs and, and people who are just so physically gifted. But as we've said, Kate's not this super fast, super high jumping. He's he's more of a a um, kind of thinking guy, and he'll get into into the spots that he wants to and make those shots there. But it's going to take him some time, especially because he missed uh, all the training camp in the beginning of the year. It, it's and and the way I try to break it down is anybody who's played at Lifetime Fitness or or wherever, if you're just a, a rec league player. Don't play basketball for a month or two and then go back in the gym. Your shot's going to be off. Your timing's going to be off. Your body just doesn't move in the right thing, in the right directions, in the right way that you want to because you haven't played in such a long time. And that's just guys who play on the weekends or a couple times a week. These are NBA players who have to play for six straight months every day. You need that sort of balance and that sort of uh, routine about yourself. And if you don't have that and you sit for a month or two, it's just not going to be the same. And, and I don't know why people don't understand that, that they just expect guys like like they're on a video game. You turn on the game and guys are ready to play. There's no very few injuries or anything else, and and you can just play them 40 minutes a game, and that's never an issue. These are humans. They're just not robots. That uh, you're you're gonna have to expect some of these things some of the times, and it's gonna take time for them to get back right. Would they have won that game a year ago uh, against Indiana on Wednesday? If yeah, playing it simple, would they have won that game a year ago? I don't think so. I, I think that it's just a different sort of team. And I mean, if you look at the way they were playing a year ago, um, maybe with Derrick Rose and, and, and that different Sadiq Bay, uh, they might have been there. But this is just a different team. And, and you've got to look at what this is developing into that the numbers aren't there. The shots aren't falling. This is just a, a season long funk that they're in right now with their shooting, their turnovers, all of these little things. But you can see when the flashes are there and the shots start falling, this is a different type of team. And I, I'm not surprised if you play that same game last night 10 times that they would win seven or eight times. A lot of things just happen right for them, especially Indiana giving them a ton of turnovers in that first half. Yeah, the defense was good. You you, you hold a team uh, below 90, and, and, and Dwayne Casey talked about resiliency. I noticed last night, uh, Wednesday night, watching this thing, they're talking out there defensively. They're helping each other out. I know Tristan Thompson in Sacramento ripped his teammates for not, you know, it was almost saying we got to communicate better. The, the communication, I'm not saying it's Rasheed Wallace level, but they were talking together last night and helping each other out on defense. Yeah, and that, that was something last year that we could tell a little bit better because there were fewer fans. You could hear the defensive calls or you could hear guys on the court who were saying how to be in position or where to be. And they credit Kelly Olenek with being another one of those guys who does that very well. But if you're Isaiah Stewart, sometimes you're out of place and sometimes you're not as quick to communicate in that way of what you have to do. Uh, and, and that's one of the the if you're going to say weaknesses of this team that uh, they didn't go and get another veteran center, uh, they, they relied on Isaiah Stewart, Kelly Olenek, and then they felt that Luca Garza uh, deserved that third center spot. But I mean, that, that's one thing that you can question and say, well, Hey, maybe they should have gone and gotten some veteran guy that um, if, if everything else goes wrong, that he can step in and be that other guy. Um, and, and you don't have to question that part of it, but that's the one weakness on this team right now is that they don't have another center who's able to step in that way. Yeah, it was fun watching the Rockets win last week when Olenek was playing, of course, before Kelly got hurt. 
And Isaiah Stewart got foul trouble, and you kind of saw the game change. And even on Wednesday, the five fouls, Isaiah's having to go up against two bigs. Indiana has a kind of an unusual lineup with Turner and Sabonis, yet Stewart, Beef Stew, he, he stands in there, man. He does, he, he does all he can do. He's fun to watch, isn't he? No, he's absolutely fun to watch. And I mean, with him and Trey Lyles, you, you saw two undersized guys who were able to have some success, even just on the defensive end, that, that uh, Sabonis is an all-star type guy. Miles Turner is a guy who can get 15 or 20 rebounds if you don't box him out right. But they did such a good job. And, and with Isaiah Stewart, He's just chipping off the, the the pieces of being a top-flight offensive player. They don't really call plays for him at all. He's he's like a Dennis Rodman or a, a Ben Wallace in the fact that they don't call anything for him. A lot of his stuff is just residual or pick-and-roll stuff, and he finds ways to get six, eight, ten points in a game where the other guys are, are might be struggling a little bit more. You can count on that and get some extra points from him. Rod Beard with us from the Detroit News. Uh, talk to me about Jeremy Grant a little bit. What are you seeing from him uh, starting to heat up a little bit. I know the, the three ball didn't go Wednesday, but uh, how important is it that he gets to the free throw line when the outside shot's not falling? And it's probably why they won the game on Wednesday night. Yeah, he's got to be the guy for them. And, and in their losses, you can see where he sort of fades away from the offense or he's not hot in that first quarter. Uh, and, and that's what gets them going. That's what let, that's the comfort uh, thing for them is to let them know that the offense is running right. When he's got the ball in his hands, he makes the first couple of shots. And in that Sacramento game, I think he was scoreless in the first half. And, and so that just lets you know they weren't going to make a lot of shots. They weren't going to be able to create, create a lot of stuff for themselves. He's not playing at the near all-star level that he was last year, but he's still very, very effective and that's where I think uh, he's going to rise this season when when K takes some of that pressure off of him and just like we saw last night when you've got Corey Joseph who can create for himself and, and get open for some shots um, K Cunningham then it means Jeremy Grant isn't just the one guy on your scouting report that you just say hey go stop him and we have a really good chance of winning now they've got multiple options on that offensive end and so I think Jeremy's going to be better when that happens a little bit more you referenced Killian Hayes before uh, how do you think he's playing I think he's playing fine. I think the up and down is the only concern. But I said at the beginning of the year is that what you should be looking for him is probably about 10 points and six assists. And everything else is gravy after that. If you, if you want him to score 20 points, you didn't read the, the, you didn't read the scouting report on who Killian Hayes is. He's not a volume scorer. And you just need him to be a, a top flight defender, which is what surprised me most this year is that he looks like he can be an all-defensive point guard. Just the way that he pressures the ball, his size, he uses his body and his hands. The other day he had six steals in a game. So you're starting to see these little things on the, the stat sheet. Six steals here, 10 assists here, 13 points there. And that makes you think that he's starting to, to get it a little bit more, and it's just going to take reps. And when you look at him, he hasn't even played a half of an NBA season yet. It's not even 41 games that he's played, uh, and you're starting to see him snap into that form. But he's been so snake bit up with, with injuries with uh, the hip last year, with concussions, with ankles, with wrists, with hands, with everything else, it always seems like he's he's never able to get into a good flow of anything because he's always sitting out another game because he's injured. Now that he's getting a little bit more healthy and there's some consistency there, you can just see that some of these things are starting to come together for him. What, what do you make of the uh, the G League Motor City Cruise so far? I, I love the, the concept. I was down there for the opener and uh, handling some broadcasts for the team, and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And um, you know, here's Saban Lee, for example, and I know this might must drive your Twitter feed crazy, Rod. Saban Lee drops, you know, 40 in a G League game, and of course, I'm sure Rod Beard's Twitter is 
well, bring them up, bring them up. But I, I like the process and the system that they have where they can bring them up if they want. Luca Garz is up. He was playing down there. Boy, this, this could be a nice uh, a nice boost for this organization to have that uh, Cruz team uh, you know, kind of on the ready, right? No, and I think that's absolutely it. That's what they've talked about the past couple of years is just getting their own franchise where uh, uh, one of the young guys can practice with the crews or practice with the Pistons, play with either team that particular night. And it, it's all kind of um, logistical sort of administrative paperwork when you see that one of those guys has been recalled, one of them has been um, sent to the G League. So it's it's just an up and down. But again, Saban Lee is the perfect example of that. They didn't have a G League option last year. So when he played, he had to play with the Pistons. That was the only time he was going to get playing time. Um, and so you saw some development there. But it wasn't a night-to-night basis like you needed to be. And when they drafted Cade Cunningham, you knew that was going to mean that the minutes weren't going to be there for Saban Lee. So you want him to play with the G League team. You want him to get that experience. You want him to try some things out. And the thing that I look for in the box scores and in the highlights for him is how many of these are three-pointers? How many of these are, are longer jumpers. He's physical enough and athletic enough where he can get by almost anybody, whether it's the NBA or the G League. But how, how is he diversifying his game, and how is he preparing himself for more playing time with the Pistons? That's the crucible that you have to look at with him, and he's starting to do that. In, in those 40-point performances, there were long jumpers. There were times when he was dishing off to other guys and, and kind of sharpening his game, and that's what you want to see. Luca Garza, the same sort of way, is give him more playing time. As a third center, he's not going to get a lot of time with the Pistons, but you got to get him, as we said in the in the, the recreational gym player, you got to get him some regular playing time at full speed so that they don't kind of get out of the the routine of doing and playing basketball on a daily basis it's amazing isn't it with the three-point shot how it's just changed the game whether it's at the nba level the g league level i mean you know two-on-ones where guys are passing up dunks to drive and kick out you've got to be able to make that that deep shot like you said and you can tell saban lee's been working on it yeah, and, and that's just part of what Dwayne Casey wants to do. And the past couple of games, we've seen so many examples of it. Like you said, a three-on-one break and you're pulling up to take a three. High school coaches, the old school high school coaches are pulling their hair out. <laughs> but that's the way that the numbers game works right now is three is more than two. And, and if you've been working on that shot enough, that's a higher percentage if you've got a three-on-one than just going in and taking the easy layup. Uh, but but absolutely, that's, that's the name of the NBA game right now. And it's not just a Steph Curry-influenced trend. That's just what teams are doing right now. That um, and Dwayne Casey talks about it all the time too. Three of three is more than two. We got to set up the right shots, and that's what the Pistons have done this year. And that's the most probably surprising thing. They're getting the shots. They're getting the open looks. They're just not falling right now. It's amazing to think about because, like you said, here's a home stand to kind of get right. And of course, Golden State and the Lakers and some other teams. Uh, no, there's never an easy night off in this league, but. Uh, like you said, the shots have just rimmed out, even Cade Cunningham. I mean, they look good leaving his hand, and yet this team has won, like I said, three out of the last five. Eventually they're going to fall. You have to think that they're going to fall, and you just have to trust your your, your practice and your training. Um, and, and there's nothing more you can do. You get penetration, you, you drive, kick, swing to the corner. Frank Jackson look, is looking at an open shot, and he hit 40% last year. That shot's got to fall, and – I mean, do you know the stats? Do you know who's the leading three-point shooter on this team right now? I believe it's Killian Hayes, right? It is Killian Hayes, absolutely, at about like 38% before Kelly Olenek went out. But 38%, and it's Killian. But I think that's showing you the value of 
um, where he's developing. And that corner three is the bread and butter for him now. But it's telling you all of these 35, 38, 40 percent shooters from last year, and none of them are able to get to that same level this year just because the shots aren't falling. And you've got to look at at some point it's going to turn around and the schedule has been very unforgiving where you've seen the Sixers twice, the Bucks, you've seen the Nets twice. Somehow it's got to balance out. But when you look at the NBA, uh, the standings right now, there aren't very many bad teams. You, you want to say the schedule is going to balance, but who are those bad teams? It's not the Cavs. It's not the Wizards. There might be two or three bad teams. And, and you just don't play them 19 times a piece. You only get two or three shots at each each of those bad teams, too. Final thing, who's the best team you've seen in, in person so far this year, just uh, off the top of your head? Uh, let's fast forward just to tomorrow, and I'll say it's Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> in, in person, I'm going to say it's, uh, it's probably Brooklyn. Uh, you know that they're a little shorthanded right now, but KD is just a machine uh, in the way that he can score and the things that he can do. Milwaukee was a little shorthanded when we saw him, uh, but it, it's going to be a, a nice uh, race in the East to see how all of that shakes out and if health is, is going to be a concern and injuries are going to be a concern all the way through. Follow him on Twitter at Debt News Rod Beard. You can read him at the Detroit News and, of course, at DebtNews.com. He's been our guest today here on the Pistons Pod. Rod, always a pleasure. Anytime, Dees. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. There's Rod Beard from the Detroit News. That's another edition and installment right here of the Pistons Pod, brought to you by our friends at Uptime Energy Drink. Find us at Pistons.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Listen back to last week's episode from uh, with Dave Pash, who joined me from ESPN little national perspective after watching the Caden company beat the Rockets last week. We'll talk to you again next week.